Right. Good morning, Red Hills family. You guys are all looking great today, y'all. Satisfied from your Thanksgiving meals and uh, get-togethers with family. We just we just came out of our Thanksgiving week, and I know my wife and I we got to spend a little time on the road. Had a lot of fun. Um, so my name's Brett Kimberg. If I haven't met you before, I'm the Connections Pastor here at Red Hills Church, and I have the opportunity to be speaking today. And as we, uh, as we come out of this Thanksgiving season, it, it makes me think about all the things that I'm grateful for. Um, I know that we've talked about this um, in the service already. I know Ashley said some things about that, but I am so grateful for all of my tribe's hosts, those people who have, have opened their homes and opened their arms to people during this season. I am so grateful for all of those who led tribes this session and all of the community that was built. Um, I really believe that we made an impact in the lives of everyone at Red Hills Church, and I look forward to doing so again in the next season. Well, as I begin this morning, uh, my message title today is called Anchor in the Storm. Um, it's something that uh, I think we all get to gather around is the fact that there are great highs in life and there are also lows. And a time like the holidays makes us recognize the things we're grateful for, but also those people around us that are hurting. I know Bruce, Bruce talked about those people who are struggling in a season where, where it's getting wet, it's getting cold. But I think in our lives, we see people around us that are going through hard times as well. Thanksgiving is a great time to gather with family, but Thanksgiving is also a time that's very hard for some people because they may have lost loved ones in this past year or in the years prior. And this, this is a time where it becomes that much more evident, the missing of those people in the family table. So today, I want to let you know at Red Hills Church, we're here and we're praying for you. Those who are going through those tough seasons, whether you're here in the room, whether you're watching there online, we're praying for you. We're here with you. And we're believing for God's peace and his, and his restoration to come to your family, no matter what is going on during this season. Well, as we jump into the word of God this morning, I'm going to be reading from a portion of scripture that talks about Jesus speaking to the storms of life. Just like I was saying a moment ago where people are going through hard times, we call these storms, we call these struggles, we call these whatever you will, but they're the, they're the issues of life that arise. Sometimes they are foreseen and sometimes they come out of the blue. We don't expect to see them, but they come anyway. The, the portion of scripture that I'm going to be reading um, or this story in scripture can be found in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. Um, they all, this made such a, a profound impact on all of them that this made it into every one of those books. But I'm going to be reading from Mark today. And if you'd like to follow along, you can open up your Bible app. You can read on the Bible app. You can also take notes on the Bible app. Um, so if you've got your cell phone, just look down there at the bottom right-hand corner. You can click on more, click on events, and then you can click on Red Hills Church. It's live right now. Um, we're going to be reading out of the NIV, and we're going to read Mark 4, 35 through 41. And it starts in 35 and says this, That day when evening had come, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern sleeping 
on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up and they said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Let's pray this morning as we, as we dive into this scripture. Father God, thank you so much for your ever-present help in time of need. God, we thank you that the, the Holy Spirit is here in the room. God, you said where two or more are gathered in your name, that you are there in the midst of them. So here in the room and there watching online, God, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is present. God, that you're able to bring help and comfort to those who are hurting. And God, that you're able to bring clarity and understanding to those who are engaged. Father, we're thankful for your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you bless this service in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, a little, a little framework as to where this story is starting. Jesus has been teaching and preaching all day long out in these boats. In fact, there was such a, a large crowd that he was speaking to that he had to climb into a boat, and he asked the disciples to push away from the shore. This is what was happening right before the portion that we just read. And so Jesus, having taught all day, was exhausted. I think this is one of those cool moments in Scripture where we see the, the, the humanity of Jesus, where he was, he was tired. In fact, this is one of the only places in Scripture where it says that Jesus slept. <laughs> he, was, he, he fell asleep in the boat because he was exhausted. I know when, when I have the opportunity to teach and to preach, and, and Aaron can probably attest to this, that it, it takes a lot out of you. And Jesus was exhausted. So just as he was, he, he, he told the disciples, hey, let's go to the other side. And he went back and fell asleep in the boat. And the disciples, they jumped to it. They were obedient. They, they jumped right to it and said, okay, let's go. They didn't even go ashore to grab supplies for their journey across the sea. They just said, okay, he said, let's go, and we're gone. My, the, the title of my message being Anchor in the Storm could also be titled Trouble in the Midst of Obedience. Because so often in life, we, we do the thing that Jesus has put before us to do. We, we obey when God is asking us to do something, and, 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 and we think it's going to be smooth sailing. In fact, the waters were probably quite calm when the disciples set out and started rowing across the lake. And they're like, hey, it's going to be a nice night cruise. Maybe we'll get, some, get to see some shooting stars or, you know, whatever. But as they're rowing across, this storm comes up. And we all see this happen in our lives when we're in the midst of obedience. We think it's going to be great. We think it's going to be smooth sailing. And then something comes and interrupts our sail, interrupts our voyage, interrupts our obedience to what Jesus has called us to. And this, this reminds me of a story of, of, of my own life, a storm that me and my family have encountered in our years of following Jesus, when, when me and my wife got married, we were both um, highly involved in our church. I was on staff. She had just graduated from an internship at that church, and we were following God's plan for our life. 
When we got married, we, we said, hey, you know, we've, we've been in a busy season and we want to take some time to, to work on our relationship, to work on our marriage. So we decided we were going to wait to have kids for a little while. After we got married, it was, it was actually only about a year and a half when God put it on my wife's heart that we were going to have a son. And I was excited. I've, I've always been excited about being a dad, you know, somebody to play with and, and, and somebody to, 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 to raise in, in, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, as the Bible would say. But somebody to just have fun with. A son that I can pour my life experience into and somebody that I can watch grow and learn. So in, in this season of life, we, we said, okay, God, if, if this is your timing, we're, we're going to go for it. And we were excited to obey. We, we started trying to have kids. And after a couple months, we thought, well, maybe it's just not the right timing. And after a, a couple years, we, we started asking questions like, did we do something wrong? Did we miss it? Was, was that just like a bad pizza dream? Was, you know, I mean, was, was God telling us, hey, you know, you're going to have a kid, or is, is it going to be like, you know, Abraham, you know, we got to wait for a really long time before we get that promise. We were hoping it wasn't that. But, uh, but as, as we begin to follow God's direction in our life and, and continue on with some of the other direction that he had given us, we went on a vacation. And I remember it was 2016, and we were coming up here to Oregon. God had spoken to us about the Portland area. He had highlighted it for us, and, and we were praying about it. We were thinking about it. We didn't know what that meant at the time because we lived in California, but we decided we were going to come on a vacation up here and, and get our feet on the ground, see what God was saying. So on our way up, we, we made a stop in Reading and, and visited one of my wife's friends. Um, and we went to a church service there that weekend when we were visiting. And I remember so clearly the time of worship that we were in. It was amazing. God was moving, and we could feel the presence of God. And I remember in my spirit God telling me, you're going to get pregnant, and it's going to happen now. And it was, it was that moment where you're just like, oh, I heard God speak. It was awesome. And, and I was so excited, and I, was, I, I, I talked to my wife about it, and we had several other confirmations that happened that weekend. We knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was God's plan for our life. And in August of 2016, she took the pregnancy test, and no surprise, we were pregnant. We were so excited. It was like, okay, it's happening. God's fulfilling his promise. We went to our first appointment. We got to hear the, the little heartbeat in the ultrasound just beating away super fast. It was an amazing moment and a very, very much a high in our life. We told some of our closest friends, and, and we decided to wait to tell the rest of our family and friends. We, we were going to do the whole, you know, wait till after the first trimester. I think that's, you know, what some, some people say is right timing, but, you know, whatever. Anyways, so as we're going on, I remember coming to the beginning of September, and my wife started having pain in, in her abdomen. And uh, I remember we started praying. We started saying, okay, God, this is your promise. This is, this is the thing that you have told us that you will fulfill. And we started speaking the word. We were like, Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a plan for us to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a future and a hope. We started speaking over her words of life like he will live and he won't die. 
As we're driving to the hospital in the emergency room because the pain had become so severe, we were believing and we were standing on every promise that we knew to stand on and declaring it over our life. When they finally called us back and, and ran an ultrasound, there was no heartbeat. And, and one of the hardest moments of my life happened. That little heartbeat that I heard weeks prior was gone. I encountered a storm. It was the worst storm of my life. And it did exactly what just happened in the room. It took all of the wind out of my sails. And everything got quiet. And this is the moment that the disciples are at. They're, they're out in the middle of the lake and they're like, God, we obeyed you. We, we launched out. We're, we're following your word and we're doing the thing that you told us we can do. And they're sailing across the lake and this storm comes out of nowhere. And the disciples are in the boat in some of the other, in some of the other books. It says that they're rowing and they're bailing water. But they're in the midst of a fight for their life. So this morning, I want to talk about what happens when we encounter storms in our life. Maybe some of you guys in here are, are in the middle of a storm. Maybe you've gone through storms before and you've weathered them, and, and I'm so grateful for that. Maybe you're, maybe you're not in a storm at all, and you're going, okay, this is a great message, but it's for somebody else. Let me tell you this. Listen, because one day you will face a storm, and you need to know how to hold on to the anchor that is Jesus. The first thing that happens when we get to a storm is we do exactly what the disciples did. They start rowing. They start bailing water out of the boat. You know, the waves are crashing. And, and I want to talk about the geography of the area for a moment because it'll give us a little bit of framework as to why they may have known exactly how to get through this storm on their own. The disciples, most of them were fishermen. Um, uh, you hear it said a lot that these are men from Galilee. This is the Sea of Galilee. And so these men knew this, this sea. Um, but the geography of the area is that the Sea of Galilee is several hundred feet below sea level, which means it's, it's, it's very much in a depression. And on the eastern banks of, of the Sea of Galilee, there are mountains that raise up to thousands of feet above sea level. What happens if, if you know geography and weather patterns is cold fronts come over this, these mountains and because, the, because the, the mountains are so steep and the canyons funnel that cold wind down to the lake, what happens is very violent storms happen on the Sea of Galilee. This region is actually known quite well for the storms that happen. And, and typically they'll happen in the daytime, but when they happen at night, as we see happening with the disciples, there's so much more um, deadly because people don't see them coming. And these storms, when they hit, they hit unexpectedly and boats would be lost and entire crews of people would be lost because of these storms. And when this storm hit the disciples, they were unaware that it was on its way. They couldn't see it because it was nighttime. Who knows, maybe it was even beautiful before, this, before the storm got there. Maybe they were looking at the stars and all of a sudden they get hit by this storm. But when it hits their life, just like it will in our life from one time or another, 
They were not expecting it. And so they start pulling. They start rowing. They go, hey, we've been out on this sea before. We've caught lots of fish. We've faced many storms. We can just pull our way out of this. And so they, they did what every one of us knows to do. They just did the best they knew how. You know, maybe, maybe in your life it looks like the job termination that you didn't see coming. When the company closes down and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so we start putting out resumes. We start bailing water. We start doing everything we know to do to keep going and to keep moving through the storm. And the disciples, they're, they're, they're sitting there doing everything they know to do. And at some point or some moment, they recognize that the boat is filling with water faster than they can bail it out. And they came to the end of what they knew to do. This is the moment that we, that we saw just last week where the Israelites are up against the Red Sea. And it's going to take a miracle for them to get through it. They're needing God to do a miracle. They're needing God to do something in their life. And so they're all sitting in the boat. And this brings me to my second point. <laughs> the second point is this. That when we're in the midst of a storm, oftentimes we feel alone. When we get to the end of what we know to do and when we get to the end of our own strength and our own ability, we start to feel alone. The disciples, they, they, they look around and they go, where's our master? Where's our teacher? Where's the one who gave us this word to follow? He's asleep in the boat. He's not saying a word. Where's he at? And, and my wife and I, we experienced this in this moment of pain and in this storm in our life. We were praying and we were saying, okay, God, you promised us a son. And where is he? It was a painful moment. And it was a moment that many of us will face in life where we don't hear the voice of God. All we're left with is the last thing he told us. Okay, God told us to go to the other side of the lake is what the disciples would be saying. He said, we're going we're gonna to go to the other side because we got stuff to do over there. And at some point, the disciples knew that Jesus was the Son of God, right? Because even if they weren't there at the River Jordan when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended and God spoke from heaven, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Even if they weren't there, they heard the stories they saw the miracles that Jesus was doing when he gathered them all to him. So at some point they knew he was the son of God and he didn't tell them to do things that were not God's plan for their life. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, I don't ever do anything without first seeing my father do it because he was a man of prayer. So when he told the disciples we're going to go to the other side, they had to have known at some point that this was the Son of God and he was telling us to go. But they started to become afraid because they were going down. And in our life, we see the same moment where fear grips us. And, and we can read it in the verses where when they went back and they said, don't you care if we drown? You can hear the loneliness. You can hear the fear in their voice as if the Son of God was not on the boat with them. They felt alone in their storm. And when we process through this loneliness and we make it to the next point and, and, and really 
what, what I want to continue in on is once we pass these first two points, we do everything we know to do to get through the storm. And, and then we, we get to the end of what we know to do and we get to a place where we begin to feel alone as if God isn't speaking and continuing to lead us. We get to a point in our lives, we get to this point where, where we don't recognize the power of the one that is in our boat. We don't see the power of Jesus in our life. Because we're so blinded by our own insecurity, we're so blinded by our own fear that we miss out on the power of the one who is in the boat with us. I think me and my wife, as, as, as we continued to move forward through this storm in our own life, we had to come to that moment where we decided we're going to follow Jesus' words no matter what. And even though it was quiet, even though the storm was raging, we decided we're going to continue to follow what God is telling us to do. And the disciples, they had to recognize this same point when they said, do you even care if we drowned? <laughs> they didn't recognize that Jesus loved them. He had said, we're going to the other side and that they were going to make it. And he stood up and he said, literally in, in some of the translations, it says he literally just went, shh, and everything went still. That's the power of the God that's on our boat. See, John knew this power. John called the beloved. He, he, he wrote in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then as, as you go to John 1, verse 14, it says, the Word was then made flesh and dwelt among us. So John understood something that I think the other disciples may have missed out on, and that was the fact that Jesus was there in the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. And when he spoke to the chaotic waters, that we heard about a couple weeks ago. These miracles that God did where he created dry ground in the midst of chaotic waters in the very beginning. Jesus was also there when God caused the waters to recede and dry ground to come for Noah and his family to land on. Jesus was also there when the Israelites walked across dry ground through the wet Red Sea. This moment where Jesus stands up and says, shh, be still. They didn't all fully get it because in the scripture it says that they were terrified and they said, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey his voice. This is the power that we have living on the inside of us. Jesus made the statement, he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. And in this moment, when we're in the midst of our storm, we have to acknowledge the fact that when Jesus gives direction in our life, no matter how crazy life gets, no matter if the marriage is failing, no matter if our, our loved one has passed away and we don't understand why it happened, we can still hold on to the words of Jesus that say, I still have a future and I still have a plan for you. No matter what's going on, if it looks like your purpose and your destiny is faltering, 
Hold on to his words because he still said, I have a future and I have a plan for you. It's a good future. It's full of hope. And my wife and I, we, we held on to these words. We held on to these words that God still had a future for us. And when he promised us that we would have a son, we held on to the words that Jesus had said. We didn't know how that was going to be fulfilled or when it would be fulfilled, but we continued to follow the rest of the words that God had spoken in our life. We followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we moved up here to Oregon. I, uh, I, I got out of um, working at a church, or I, God, God moved me out of working in the church world for a little while, and I went into the secular workforce. I was, I was working in the construction industry, and we were just following the next step that God had for us. We were, we were just continuing on the heading that he had given us. And as we, as we came to Oregon and, and begin to experience God's goodness and his grace in our life, we still didn't have the thing that he said he would give us. Our son still wasn't here. And I remember in September of 2018 when we went to the very first service that Red Hills Church had at the high school. And we walked into that service and, and, and the music hit us right here. And we looked at the sign over on the side that said, it's okay to not be okay. And we said, this, this is a place we can call our home. And we continued following the things that God had told us to do. And immediately after we got to the church, we went to what was the next steps at that point and, and went to that class for people who were new to the church. And, and we also got involved in a tribe. We, we plugged into a tribe and, and, and it's just like God to surround us with people going through the same situation. Because our faith was still there. We still knew that God wanted to get us to the other side, but we didn't know how that was going to happen. But God began surrounding us with people who were believing to get pregnant as well. And it developed and it built our faith. And this is why community is so important. Because when you go through the storms of life, we are called the body of Christ. When I say anchor in the storm, I'm not just talking about Jesus and his words, though these are the foundation that we can build our life on. And when the storm comes, it won't break it down. But community is the body of Christ. And when we can come around each other and wrap our arms around each other when we're going through hard times, it helps develop and build our faith. And when Jesus said, do you still have no faith? What he was telling the disciples is, do you not believe that I'm going to do what I promised I'm going to do? <laughs> and in our life, we, we, did, we did life with these people. We continued believing in God's word for our life that we would have a son. And guess what? December 25th at 5.08 in the morning in 2020, I got to hold my son, Peter. And God fulfilled his promise. And as, as I'm speaking, I don't know if you're going through it right now, if you're in the midst of a storm, but God wants to fulfill his promise in your life, even 
and more importantly, because it's going to take miracles. God wants to lead us to that place where we depend on him because he is our anchor in every storm of life. If you would, please stand to your feet with me this morning. I'd like us to all bow our heads and close our eyes, not because I, I, I don't want you looking around, it's because I want you to take a moment of reflection, to look at what's going on in your life. I don't know if you're going through a storm, if, God, if, if there's something going on in your life that makes you feel like you're going down, I don't know what's going on, whether here in the room or there online, but if you need God to do something in the midst of your storm, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. And there may be people in this room that say, hey, I've, I've, I've never invited Jesus to be on my boat. I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. What does that mean? I've never accepted the direction of God in my life. I've never started walking out the path and the plans that he has for me. Or maybe in this room, you've, you've accepted that help. You've, you've invited Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. But at some point, you walked away from that commitment. You walked away from the decision, and it feels like Jesus is no longer in your boat. On either of those counts, whether you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, or you want to make a recommitment to invite him back into your boat, I just want to see who I'm praying with. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would say yes to either of those invitations, I want you to just put your hand in the air. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see those hands. There online, you can text the number on your screen. Let's pray. Father, Thank you, God, that you can anchor us in any storm. God, your word says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you are our Lord, that we shall be saved. God, we believe that today and we accept that today in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, I want to give one more invitation for those of you here in the room or there online that are, that are thinking, I, I'm still following Jesus, but he's in my boat and it seems like he's just quiet. He's not saying a word and my boat is filling with water. If you're in the midst of a storm in your life and you just need Jesus to stand up and say, shh, to your storm, I'd like you to lift your hand. Yeah. If you need help in the midst of your storm, yeah, yeah, I see those hands. Father, I believe that there is a grace this morning, that your word is here to bring healing and life to every broken heart. God, to every person who feels like they're going through the storm of life and they need you to speak to it. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring peace into every broken situation. To every person who is needing help this morning, God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to speak. In Jesus' name.